With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and... Go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Well, this is a very special podcast, obviously, because we're really getting close to actual NFL news and potential Broncos news. So we're welcoming on for the first time Benjamin Albright from Broncos Country Tonight on KOA. And you can follow him at Albright NFL. So, Ben, thank you for coming on and, and agreeing to do this. We definitely appreciate it. No, oh, no problem. Anytime. Glad to, glad to be on here for the first time. Looking forward to uh, uh, to not getting invited back for being terrible. Oh, no. That, we we that, invite terrible people happen. back all the time. You could be oh, awful. Well, you, you still come back. <laughs> well, the two hosts uh, set the bar all the time, yeah, so we, we definitely we, have to have you we back. We come back every week, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So with all that's going on, uh, on, on Sunday, the, the CBA got approved by uh, all the players, uh, for the ones that actually voted. Um, but the, the big thing hanging over the NFL right now is obviously with the coronavirus and the uncertainty throughout the country is whether or not the opening of NFL free agency in the league year, which is supposed to happen on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain, 
is going to get pushed back. And it could actually happen while we're recording this or it could happen before this is actually published on Monday morning. So what's the latest on that, Ben, that you've heard from from people in the league and and or with the Broncos? Uh, let's see. There was a story that came out Saturday night that everything was getting pushed back. That was false. Um, somebody, some people jumped the gun on that, on that story. Uh, what was happening was the league was waiting for the CBA news. Uh, and that would really kind of, um, once that was done and the CBA vote was in and tallied, then they would have a meeting, which is happening, I believe, as we're recording this, um, uh, about both of those issues, the draft, free agency, the league year, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I suspect, based on people I talked to last night, that the draft will be moved from Las Vegas and probably put uh, probably be a, a very tamped down kind of thing um, that's not really accessible to the fans. And we'll probably, uh, I don't know if it's going to be delayed, but it seems like it's going to be delayed at this point until probably May. Um, as far as the league year, there's a lot of resistance to changing anything about it. Um, internally, a lot of people in the league feel like that a lot of the issues right now um, won't affect them. Uh, it will in the sense that you can't really get guys in for physicals, but other than that, you're talking about um, really a pencil and paper type stuff until the draft gets here uh, with the understanding that you're going to have limited scouting and all those kinds of things. So I think that right now, unless something changes, uh, unless the voices in that room that want to push the league start year back get louder and stronger. Right now, I suspect we'll see the league year start on time. Uh, there may be some restrictions put on free agency and the draft gets pushed back. That's that's basically what I was hearing last night. So just to give everyone a rundown, that, not to cut you off, Adam. So no, basically, but- it would be kind of like the draft in the 1970s, where it was just basically everything was done over the phone and then the commissioner just announces what the pick is for that specific team. Is that something that we're thinking like it's in New York or something along those lines? It really depends on how we go through this thing. Um, You know, we're recording this on uh, what Sunday. So, um, you know, based on the the, the medical information that's coming out of Italy, where, you know, our situation kind of really parallels theirs in terms of exposure risk and and how we've handled it thus far. um, You know, we're, we're kind of trailing that data based on the recovery rate and how quickly that thing goes away. Uh, that could be a situation where you could see this come back and still have some of the pageantry. But the plan right now is kind of a bare bones televised draft um, and go from there. Okay. So what makes sense, right? I mean, I, th- I think that's the, the point. And uh, I, I know we don't want to get too far into the, the coronavirus COVID-19 discussion because it is, I mean, if you want to learn about that, watch the news, it's on 24 seven, but it, it is one of those things that is impacting sports. It's impacting the NFL, obviously, a little bit. Uh, perhaps the NFL gets a little lucky in that there's really nothing going on that's that's too prescient. They're not canceling seasons, right? They're not not doing anything like that. But it is sort of interesting to note that things can be delayed, things can be pushed back. And uh, you mentioned we're, it's Sunday, Sunday, the March fifteenth. Beware the Ides of March, I suppose, is an, an apropos statement at this point. Um, but when it comes to free agency, I, I guess let's go ahead and jump into what can actually happen, right? Or, or or what the Broncos can be doing now because the CBA is approved, as Ian said, and there there's obviously some things that have changed as far as like, you know, basic rules, but the CBA didn't doesn't change much for free agency at this point, right? Is that a fair thing to say? 
Right. It allows, yeah, the, the continuity of having the labor agreement in place changes a few things. Uh, it allows teams to use the post-June 1 designation, which wasn't going to be there if it didn't pass, uh, which, you know, in relation to the Denver Broncos, um, does affect some things. Um, you push back your, probably your cut of Joe Flacco, or at least you tag him with a post-June 1. Um, you know, and there are a few other things in there that uh, minor type stuff, but that's the big one. Everybody keeps asking, when are they going to move on from Joe Flacco? They'll probably hit him with the post-June 1 just to mitigate that cap hit a little bit. In terms of players that they could be potentially reaching out to come 10 a.m. Mountain Time on Monday, one name that is jumped off the page for everyone and no one thinks it's possible. I still think it's highly unlikely, as I said in my horse track story on Sunday, but it's, there's some interesting developments going on in Kansas city with Chris Jones. He sent out a cryptic tweet on Friday and then Friday morning, Arrowhead pride, our sister uh, site with SB nation had a story with an interview that Andy Reid did on Friday morning with Kansas city radio. And it seemed like he was a little uncertain on the future of Chris Jones. I don't want to get people's hopes up, let alone mine, but is there a potential that Chris Jones could hit the free agent market come 10 a.m. Monday? Yes, uh, albeit a small one. They're working to try to keep him. The problem is, is that the cap number, the official cap number, came in about $5 million lower than everybody was expecting, uh, and that really dings a, a team like Kansas City that has a lot of free agents and not a lot of cap space. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're working to try to keep him. He is their priority. Um, I, I don't think personally that he hits free agency, but it certainly is a possibility. I don't think that he would be in line to come out here either. Um, just based on, you know, what I've kind of heard from, uh, the Broncos, I, I, I don't think that even if he hit free agency, I don't think it would be a realistic target for them. Too much money or just not, they're just focused in a different direction. Both. Um, it, it always starts with the money, but you know, Chris Jones is a supreme talent. I think everybody loves his talent. I just don't think that what it would cost to get him and uh, and 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 do all that, especially when you've got you know guys like Draymond Jones that uh, Vic that was Vic's guy last draft that he banged the table for. Um, you need, still need to get a nose tackle, and Chris ain't going to play that. Um, you know, is is uh, is are his services wasted really in the in the Broncos defense? Because you know you're running that uh, 34 under front. Um, you know, are his services a little bit wasted? Whereas if you're you're running an even front, he's a, he's a lot more disruptive in what you're trying to do. So, um, I think that the way they're looking at this is Draymond's going to be one of the guys next year. Um, they need to get a nose tackle, and they're still the right end situation is a little up in the air. Okay, so I, I want to circle back to free agents in a little bit, but you mentioned something about the CBA, and and I, so I'm curious about it. You mentioned a, a bit of a surprise there with the uh, with the you know, with the salary cap coming in about $5 million lower than the anticipation. What, what are some other surprises that, that you see in the CBA or some other things in the CBA that, that might be, uh, that might sort of stand out that kind of sort of adjust the way teams approach the next coming weeks. And then also the, the next season. Well, um, you know, the, the 17th game thing is looming. That's, that's not a done deal. The 17th game, all the language in there is kind of, if, a 17th game. Now we know ownership wants that, 
Um, but when a 17 game season gets started is, you know, who knows the earliest that would be, would be 2021. Um, and, and even then there's some logistics to it. Uh, so, you know, I think teams are kind of looking at that and realizing that they're going to have to have more depth. If you've got more games at certain positions that are more highly likely to be injured, you go back and look at the Broncos over the last couple of years. And, uh, we've been snake bitten in the defensive, you know, at the corner position. Um, so, you know, I think, teams are trying to keep a watchful eye on that and keep it keep an eye on uh, how they can allocate roster construction and all that kind of stuff I, other than the, the the money being shorter this season than they thought it was if you look ahead with the media and the revenue deals that are about to be done it could take an exponential leap here in a year or two so um, you know this season you kind of want to it's, it's balancing whether or not if you have a lot of cap space, you want to roll the contracts heavy money into this year, or if you want to try to wait and see, because if it does take an exponential leap and you roll those deals back end, you're still going to have a bunch of available space. To get to the players that they could potentially target since Chris Jones probably isn't going to be uh, an option for them. Is a guy like DJ reader going to be someone that they look at right off the bat come Monday morning? Well, they're already looking at him. Um, they, yes, uh, he's one of the names. Uh, the problem is that DJ Reader has a market. He's going to get paid. Um, he's got a big market. He's got a dozen teams interested. And uh, that's going to be a bit of a problem for a team that doesn't like to get into bidding wars. Um, there are some other players out there that are certainly already eyeballing. Um, I've made no secret that Prince Mukamara is on that list. Uh, you know, Nick Kwiatkowski is on that list. Both, big, you know, big guys. Um, uh, Michael Pierce, the defensive lineman from Baltimore, uh, you know, he's on that list as well. Um, so there, there are names that are, that are definitely on that list uh, right now. And there are other guys that they'll look at and, and try to bring in. There's a couple offensive linemen they're looking at as well. Uh, Mike Rivers is one. But, you know, I, Reader would be, I think, the marquee piece. But keep in mind, the Broncos don't want to go out and spend too heavily in free agency. They're having a lot of guys leave this year in free agency, and they're setting themselves up for some pretty good compensatory picks by doing it. Um, you know, with Shelby, who's about to get paid, Chris Harris, who's about to get paid, uh, Ron Leary, if he gets another contract is probably going to be a, a decent one. Derek Wolf uh, is probably going to be gone and getting paid. So, you know, in the end, they don't want to screw themselves out of compensatory picks by going out and signing a bunch of free agents. That's part of the impetus for the A.J. Bouillet deal rather than bidding on guys like Byron Jones. That doesn't factor into the compensatory formula. So I guess, I guess just to kind of clarify, uh, your your thought process here is that the Broncos are going to wait a year before they really make a big splash in free agency. Is that is that well, am I reading gonna, that correctly? Not exactly. I mean, they're going to bring guys in, but they just want to make make sure that they play the compensatory formula right. Uh, in that the guys that they bring in might not necessarily be high dollar, uh, you know, type guys in free agency. Uh, they don't want to, you know, they want to make sure they get those compensatory takes back for letting guys like Wolf Harrison uh, and Shelby leave. You, one name you didn't mention in that group is Will Parks. Is there a potential that he comes back, or is he also going to be one of those guys that brings with him a compensatory pick? Because it seems like he would have a market as well, given how how versatile he is and the things that he can do on the field. He does. I, I just neglected to mention him. Uh, Will's probably gone. You know, we talked to him last week. Talked to him. I think it was Thursday night, and um, I he's gone. Um, he 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 wants to be here. You know, he he's he's got a love for the game, a love for the Broncos, and a love for his buddies in that secondary, specifically Justin Simmons. Uh, but 
he's you know he's gone. He's he's going to have just such a market elsewhere that it's going to be impossible to keep him. I, to me, that seems very similar to Shaq Barrett, where he yeah. the, they want to keep him, but there's just there's too many pieces in front of him where he can't be a starter. Given Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, as with Shaq Barrett with uh, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, so I, I think it's a similar situation to that. And I, I think that's one of the pieces that everyone wants to get back, but as you said, Ben, it's it's probably it's obviously not going to happen given his market and. And like it, like it was with Shaq Barrett, that he's just not going to be able to be a starter, right? And that that's kind of the thing, you know. Will wants to wants to start. He realizes that he's going to get this contract and probably one more uh, to cash in on, and so he wants to, you know, kind of maximize himself and set himself up. Had a great interview with him Thursday, and he he really went into crediting how football saved his life. He could be doing any number of other things right now that wouldn't be good. You know, he. I think he'd be willing to take a bit of a hometown discount. I just don't feel like that the the number that the Broncos would be willing to assign him would be one he'd be comfortable with relative to what he's going to get on the open market. It's a really good assessment. You mentioned something that I thought was was really interesting. We keep hearing it as if you're paying attention to free agency and some of these veterans, and it's that idea of you know this is this is my last big contract, or you know I might have two contracts in me. Is that is that something that uh, you get a sense of being uh, a major focus of a lot of the players is not so much uh, where they are as far as where they play football, but where they are in their career and, you know, how much they have to focus on it. You know, I'm going to sign this contract and if I'm lucky, I'll get another one. And so that that's really what's sort of driving their decisions about things. Oh, absolutely. I think that the, the career arc for long-term players in the NFL is, you know, that first uh, that first deal is a rookie cap deal, so you're playing for love of the game and the second contract. Your second contract, you're playing for the money and hopefully to get the rings. And the third contract, you're playing to cash out before you get out of the game. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a pretty good overarching way to look at it, um, unless you're a quarterback in which none of those rules apply. Well, it's a quarterback league, right? We decided right. that it's a quarterback league. And for the first time in – four years the Broncos aren't looking for a quarterback in terms of that is there anything that they could you mentioned some uh, offensive line pieces and potentially probably depth guys um, what are some of the things that they could be doing offensively whether it's a receiver coming in I've, I've seen Amari Cooper's name thrown around and with the CBA being approved unless the Dallas Cowboys are able to avoid the franchise tag for Dak Prescott by extending him. That means that they're going to have to put the tag on Dak Prescott and they can't put the transition tag on Amari Cooper, which means he's going to be a free agent. Is that a potential name the Broncos could explore? What are some of the things offensively that Elway and the Broncos could explore once free agency starts? Well, pie in the sky stuff is like Amari Cooper. I was told that his number is not going to be something the Broncos would be interested in, but, you know, we'll see. Um, and, and that makes sense. I, I, I can't see the Broncos paying Amari Cooper knowing that you're going to have a two years Cortland Sutton's deal, you know, that kind of stuff coming up. So um, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me relative to the rest of the plan. Uh, if you're looking for offensive free agent signings, you might get a receiver signing, probably a, uh, a veteran running back, you know, that's that's one of those third wave type running back guys. Maybe like that. we talked about Jordan Howard might be the, the, the splash name if you're getting one. Um, a center would be the probably the, the key piece of the puzzle here. If you're not uh, going to re-sign Connor McGovern, they may sign someone else to be a center. They like uh, their guards. 
They, they think Elijah and, and Dalton Reisner are the future at the guard position there. Uh, the tackle position, they want to get out what they put into Jawan James. And, you know, this is going to be an even year, so I guess he shows up to play. Um, with, with Garrett Bowles, you, know, you can you can kind of read between the lines with me there. Um, with, with Garrett Bowles, they saw a dramatic improvement in him over the back half of the season. Uh, in fact, the five games that, that Drew Lock started, he had three total penalties, only one of which was holding. You know, one one was an unnecessary roughness where he went back and shoved a guy, uh, and then one was that block above the waist, illegal block above the waist, which was kind of eye rolling, I think, to most of us watching. Um, he also didn't give up a sack. You know, so during the Drew Lock era, he's had one penalty for holding and no sacks allowed. And they feel like that, you know, Mike Munchak's coaching has helped him out. Uh, Garrett Bowles went out of his own pocket and hired another guy to help him when he's in off hours, explain some of these things to him uh, and be a personal coach. And so they really feel like they want to give Garrett one more shot. Uh, and I think that's what's going to happen. I know people banging the table talking about the offensive line and the draft and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, internally, they feel like they've got four guys they're, they're confident in. They need to figure out the center position and get some depth. And so you could see, like I said, Mike Remmers is a guy that doesn't really push Juwan James or Garrett Bowles, but he's there to kind of push him just a little Um and then it gives you some insurance. And then, you know, interior, you've got to figure something out with the center position. You're either paying Connor McGovern, which I'm not sure they're going to do, or figuring something out there. And so that could be where you see something happen on offense. So I, I just want to, to clarify this. Uh, Garrett Bowles went out and got himself a tutor. Is that is that what you're saying? A former NFL offensive line coach is being paid by Garrett. was retained and is being paid by Garrett Bowles to help him explain things that he feels like he's not getting uh, in practice because of the limited nature of the time there. Okay. So I've said this on the podcast before. I'm curious about what your assessment is. Um, what uh, do, do you think Garrett Bowles is a football player? I've said this to Ian before. I'm curious what your take is. I, I don't think he's an actual football player. I see him as just a big guy who kind of, uses his body and sort of found football late in life. And a lot of those things that he's trying to learn are things that maybe you can't learn unless you're actually a football player, unless you grew up with it. Well, I would never say somebody can't learn something, but I, I see where you're coming from, and there is truth to that. Um, you know, actually, Garrett's best sport is lacrosse. Uh, he was an excellent lacrosse player um, before he found football. And so a lot of people, I, don't, I think, don't know that. But, um, you know, he's he wants it. You know, he wants to be an excellent football player. Uh, I think most people know about his learning disability. I don't think that's a secret to anybody. Right. Um, you know, and so he there are things he struggles with. And sometimes connecting concepts doesn't click with him. And that's why he went out of his way to hire somebody who could try to help him relay some of that stuff. Now, you know, I'll say this. Garrett was coached up in college to kind of get away with it. You know, he was coached up to kind of hold and get away with it. And so that's why for a long time he didn't understand why they were flagging him. This is what he was coached to do. You know, do it this way. Just get away with it. And so he's having to break habits and try to get, you know, the right coaching. And that's what Munchak is, is doing. We saw, like I said, over the last five games, his play was significantly better. Now, let's see if that's a mirage or let's see if that's a real thing and then bring in some insurance for him just in case. Right. I like that. I'm, I'm rooting for the kid. Like I'm not, I wasn't saying anything bad there. Just sort of no, wanted no, no. to make sure we understood where we're going with that. And uh, right. if, and you, you got to root for him because if he does well, then the Broncos do well. So there's definitely. Right. That. That's the thing. And they, they, they put a first round pick at him and they want to see that investment pay off. And so you could see they're, they're declining the fifth year option for Garrett wasn't about, you know, we don't like Garrett Bowles. They hope he still succeeds. It was about the, the number that's attached to that fifth year option. And they didn't feel he was worth that. 
I wonder how much of it is also competent quarterback play because that's one of the things that he hasn't had in the years that he has been a left tackle in the National Football League. When you have Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, and Case Keenum as your quarterbacks, it makes it it makes your job a little bit harder. And I wonder how much that adds to his confidence now that he knows that he has a competent quarterback for the first time in his career in Drew Locke that if he doesn't do his job as well as he had to do with those other three, that it gives him more confidence that he can just play football and it takes the pressure off of him. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you have to add Joe Flacco to that list too. Um, you know, you, you go back and look, all four of those guys either uh, were, were too far back in their drops or held the ball too long. And it just it just created undue strain on the offensive line as a whole. And people picked on Garrett Bowles. Opposing teams are going to pick on him until he proves he's the guy. And so what you do is you you know you'd shoot two guys at him. One goes right, one goes left. And you know you either hope the guard picks up the other guy, or uh, you know you're, you're a quarterback. You're just ducking. And so uh, a lot of these sacks and these holds and everything else have to do sacks as a whole. Honestly, shouldn't be a quarterback. Shouldn't be an offensive line stat. It should be a quarterback stat because. Are you getting rid of the ball quick enough? You know, if you're Trevor Simeon who drifted back and has dropped forever, or if you're Joe Flacco who hit the fifth step and planted like a tree, you know, you're doing a disservice to your offensive line. And so, you know, I think I think the offensive line for the Broncos has been unfairly maligned at times. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not calling this group a, a Hall of Fame or Pro Bowl unit by any stretch. But I am saying that they are competent, and when given time, they have been competent. Yeah, I think you make a really good point there about quarterbacks – uh, being the issue and all you have to do as a Bronco fan is think back to Peyton Manning and I, I wouldn't say that the, the offensive lines that he played behind were were you know world beaters but he gave them he gave them the ability to be better just by being Peyton Manning and understanding the game and so uh, I do think that you make a really good point there and it will be interesting to see how this offense sort of either improves or, or doesn't improve, right? I mean, we, we talk about Drew Locke as being the guy and being excited about him as a young quarterback and possibly taking over this franchise, but we really don't know. Five games is 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 a good amount to sort of see what we have, right? But we really don't know what the Denver Broncos are going to be on offense with Drew Locke, and we won't know until the season starts. Well, right. Five games is such a limited sample size. It was very, very encouraging what we saw. But at the end of the day, five games in in RG3's career, he looked like a world leader. Uh, so, you know, you can you can go back and find limited sample sizes of guys that were one-year wonders or, you know, had five games in, looked, looked phenomenal. And then, you know, people got tape on them and figured them out. Um, I, I like Drew. I've always liked Drew. I thought Drew was going to be a star. Well, before the Broncos even drafted him. Uh, so when they did draft him, I was over here fist pumping. But, um, you know, I think I, I, I think you do. I think you, you kind of need to see this year. You do need to protect him, and we need to figure out, you know, exactly what we've got. And this season is going to be a lot of that. I think this team can contend for the playoffs, but I think a lot of this season is going to be figuring out if 100% this is the direction they're going or if they're going another direction. Let's branch out from the Broncos in terms of free agency, and let's – Let's focus on one name now that I think a lot of a lot of fans across the league, not just in New England, are going to be focusing on and thinking about, and that's Tom Brady. If you had to to make a guess right now, based on what you've heard from other people and and where we sit right now, where does Tom Brady end up uh, next season? Well, there's been quite a bit of spec over the last couple of months. Um, you know, I, I've always maintained that I thought the Chargers uh, were, were the team if he were to leave 
New England simply because uh, they run the same offense or at least the same terminology. They've got an Earhart Perkins offense there. Um, granted, they need some help at the offensive tackle positions. That's a wasteland right now. I think they've got uh, what Tevi Pipkins and Mike Schofield is kind of the swing, and that's uh, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, but overall, they've got the weapons. They franchised Hunter Henry. They've got the weapons on the offense, and certainly enough talent on defense to be intriguing. Uh, I think that it would, you know, it would be a tough sell to say, "Hey, Tom Brady, come play in the same division as Pat Mahomes." Uh, but you know, I, I've always maintained that I thought they were the number two option. I know a lot of people had uh, the Titans. That's not going to happen. I think they signed Tannehill, and then uh, uh, the Raiders. You know, people have talked about that. I, I that's more coach driven than front office driven, though. John Gruden has always been at his best when he's had a veteran quarterback that understands what he wants, how to be risk averse. Um, but you know, end of the day, I'm not a hundred percent sure that Tom Brady wants that marriage uh, where he's got to learn a whole new verbiage intensive system uh, the, you know the old throwback West Coast versus you know what he's been in for the last 20 years one team that I will throw out that maybe be a dream scenario for him is the 49ers is there a potential that they could do that by seeing that maybe they're a quarterback short of being a Super Bowl contender or will they stick with Jimmy Garoppolo I think they stick with Garoppolo. I, I can't see them doing that. Maybe there's a scenario where you make a trade there, like a sign and trade or something. Uh, but I, I can't. I don't know that I can see that happening. Plus, Kyle Shanahan's offense really does need the quarterback to be a little bit mobile. Now, I understand that they put up big numbers with Matt Ryan, but they were still running a lot of boot action, uh, even when Matt Ryan was doing it for him. And you know, I I, I don't know. I, I can't see Tom Brady out there running the bootleg. Uh, you know, at 44 years old. I would I would actually also argue that it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo's fault that they lost that Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not one that's going to assign blame to the to the quarterback who was told to run some plays when he probably should have just been handing the ball off for the rest of the game. Uh, I feel like that's a game that's been played a few times now in the Super Bowl and has bit Kyle Shanahan in the butt. And I, I like Kyle, but maybe – Maybe he made a couple mistakes there, and maybe they shouldn't be moving away from Jimmy Garoppolo. I would know. I didn't watch that Super Bowl because, you know, I hate the Kansas City Chiefs, and I <laughs> knew what was going to happen. Uh, I, you know, my wife told me not, not to be such a wuss about it, so I'm trying not to be such a wuss about it. And she didn't say it as nicely as I just did. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm just here for good football. And, you know, I think if you're the Broncos, you kind of wanted Kansas City to win that game. Because now, you know, in, 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 when you play Kansas City this year, you get to give them your best shot and say, hey, we beat the champs. You know, I think he, for me, that's that's always the way I look at it. I don't know. I, I, I have a different outlook. I was uh, I said that same thing on the radio before the Super Bowl and every fan out there laughed at me. So at this yeah, point, I would I just take the Broncos beating the Chiefs since they haven't beat them since Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Right, right. It's been a while. It's been a, it's been a long while. Uh, all right, I, I want to shift gears just a little bit. I'm going to give you a chance to to do some wide receiver table pounding for your guy, Henry Ruggs. I know that he's uh, the name that you've been pushing a lot on the radio uh, for sure. And also and social media. And, and social media. And I'm, I'm sure you talk about it at, in your sleep at times. Um, I know I wake up saying football names on occasion. What what do you think the Broncos need to do in this draft, or what 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 makes the Denver Broncos successful coming out of the 2020 NFL draft? Is it just getting that speed burner wide receiver guy, or are there several other things that need to fall into place? 
Well, I mean, you do need to get that. You need to get somebody that gives you one-on-ones on the other side with Cortland Sutton. That's how you're going to win in the NFL. I mean, we saw Cortland being able to take advantage of two-on-ones, but one-on-ones are always that much better. So, you know, I think that uh, I, I think if you can find a guy, and uh, I, you know, I'm not mentioning any specific names, so don't pull the rugs out from under me. But I, I, I think that uh, I think that. Uh, Right. I think there's a certain guy that everybody knows I'm in the tank for and have been since December um, that, that they need to draft. And, you know, Henry Ruggs gives that. Henry Ruggs makes the offense better even when he's not catching the ball. Uh, and, and I can provide, you know, statistical analysis of tape to show you how this did. But I'll, let, me, let me try to nutshell it real quick. Henry Ruggs stretches the field vertically. He forces you to roll coverage. He dictates to defenses what they have to do. And that makes the other guys in that offense get one-on-ones. That means Noah Fant is going to be getting a one-on-one, either with a linebacker or a safety or a corner. And, and that is a dream scenario. He's, he's too big for corners. He's too big for safety. He's too fast for linebackers. Uh, and that's also going to lead to Cortland Sutton getting one-on-ones. And we saw what that dude did when they doubled and tripled him up. So imagine him getting one-on-ones. So, you know, if you go back and look at the Texans last year, they were 8-2 and two when Will Fuller was on the field. They were 2-4 and four when he wasn't. Uh, and I'm not sitting here trying to do hashtag wide receiver wins or anything. But he made a distinct impact just by being on the field. He's not a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. But his speed changes things and what you have to do. Deshaun Watson's quarterback rating when Fuller was on the field was 103. When he was off the field, it was 84. So just having that speed threat gives you isolations with the other guys and allows you to dictate to defenses what you're going to do. And so I think having Henry Ruggs out there, I think it's – I think that's the guy who's most pro-ready. I think that's the guy that's the fastest. I think he's elite speed. He, he runs routes better than people give him credit for. They try to compare him to John Ross, which, by the way, if you compare Henry Ruggs to John Ross, you do not know football. Stop. Just stop. Um, so uh, having a having a one-trick stiff like John Ross out there versus a guy like Henry Ruggs, who's an all-world athlete, is it, it's insulting to Henry Ruggs. So I'm, I'm here. I'm team hashtag orange and blur. So. Ooh, orange and blur. I like that. I well, now, I, now I'm now I'm with you because I like the nickname. I'm I'm all in. <laughs> what do you say to the people that he didn't have the stats because of whatever? And then people who watched Alabama and know the wide receiver talent that Alabama has that would explain a lot of it. But what do you say to the people who say that Henry Ruggs doesn't have the 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 statistics that other people have, because that's one of the things they throw out along with, well, he's just a speed guy. I just well, did he's, the, he's the, 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 guy. the speed guy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stupid. First of all, he's the dummy rat guy. First, let, let's start off the top. First of all, if stats mattered, everybody would be talking about Omar Bayless as the top draft pick in this class. Um, you know, if stats mattered, we'd be talking about Hall of Famers, uh, Sonny Cumbie, Cliff Kingsbury, and Timmy Chang at quarterback, if college stats mattered. Uh, second of all, the idea that he didn't get productivity, I mean, the dude, every one-fourth of the time, every four touches, he got a touchdown. 25% of the time he touched the ball, he got a touchdown. That's producing like you, you wouldn't believe. Um, it's just because he didn't have the volume stats. A lot of time he was the clear out guy. They used his speed to clear things out underneath for Smith and Judy. Uh, and, and they had so many receivers there at Alabama. That sometimes it was rock, paper, scissors for who got the ball. Literally, there's, there's video of them rock, paper, scissoring who was running the go route. So, you know, it's it's people who just judge based off statistics. That's the problem they run into is the outliers like this, where you had such a stacked receiving core and a guy who oftentimes was the clear out guy so that other guys underneath could get the football, um, that he was impacting the game in ways that they can't put into a spreadsheet. OK, so now go, go ahead. Ian. 
I, I was I was just going to say, now the key question is, is he going to be there? And we had Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network on, and he talked about how there's going to be a run on quarterbacks, and there's going to be a run on left tackles, especially if the Chargers are the team that end up with Tom Brady. They're going to be taking a left tackle at number six. That means that there's going to be potential for three or four tackles going in the top 12 to 15 picks. If he is there at 12, and depending on what the Raiders do and all that stuff, so maybe 11 to 15, is he going to be there? And if he's there at 10 to 11, do they trade up to get him? I think the Jets are the trade-up spot. If he's there, I think you trade up to get him. Let's look at this by the math, though. You know that there's going to be four quarterbacks going in the top 15. You know there's probably going to be four tackles going in the top 15. That's eight picks right there, at least seven picks left, right? So, uh, you know, Isaiah Simmons, Chase Young, and Akuda are going to go in there. All right, so now we're up to 11. That leaves four spots left. CeeDee Lamb's probably going to go to the Cardinals there. Uh, so so that leaves three picks left. So now you're starting to get into that potential range. You've got Judy Ruggs and a couple other players in there, Kinlaw, um, you know, and you, you start to look at the teams that are going to be ahead of them or the teams that could get ahead of them. I think that in order to ensure that you do, I think that spot right there with the Jets, I think that's the, the trade you have to make. I think Elway and Gase got to suck up the ego, and I think they got to make the swap. So, so maybe that'll happen. All right, so I'm going to give you a draft scenario, uh, and I want to know what the what the Broncos do at this point. By some miracle, all three wide receivers are off the board, and they miss on that, and they don't get a trade done, and they're sitting there at 15. What what direction do you go at 15 if all three of those guys are off the board? Well, it really depends on who's available. Um, based on who's projected into that spot, I'm personally probably looking at Kinlaw. Um, although I love the kid out of, out of Missouri more, uh, Elliot, I, I like him a lot. I think he's probably one of the most underrated players in this draft. Um, so you could get him later. Uh, you know, you look to trade back, um, and, or, you, you know, you look to see who falls in your lap there. What, what stud players, you know, dropped into your lap, a la Derwin James to the chargers, you know, a few years ago, because everybody had quarterback and tackle thirst. So, uh, it would depend largely on who's there, but I think the options are probably you're looking at defensive line or you probably trade back, I, I, especially if all those receivers are gone, uh, trade back later in the first and maybe snag a Denzel Mims. Then let's look at the second round pick. You mentioned center and interior line as a possibility. Is uh, the, the kid from Michigan, Ruiz, would he be a target for the Broncos with their second round pick? Well, I think so. I think absolutely. I think guys like Ruiz, Cushenberry, Biotic, I think all three of those guys would be guys that, you know, on day two you would probably look at to provide you some interior depth. Um, I, I think they're going to look defensive backs there in the second round. You could see a guy like Jeremy Chin, who, by the way, is Steve Atwater's nephew. Um, you could see a guy like Terrell Burgess out of Utah, who's got that, uh, who can play corner or safety. He's kind of got that Will Parks, you know, kind of uh, thing going on. Uh, I think those guys, day two, uh, maybe a Gladney, you know, uh, you, you're going to want some young corners. They've got a lot of money invested in veteran DBs in this defense, you know, between Bouye, Kareem Jackson, um, Bryce Callahan, uh, and, and, you know, uh, Justin Simmons on the tag, you have a lot of money invested in your secondary. Currently, I believe it's 25% of the cap invested in your secondary, and you haven't even finished uh, going out there and getting re-signing re Bosby and, and going to get into Mukamara. So um, you're going to want to get some young corners, and I think day two is probably where you're going to do that. Then to bring it all full circle here, um, if you had to, to make a prediction, Ben, on on the, the star signing, the stud signing, who would it be for the Broncos? Would it be a DJ Reader or would it be – one of the linebackers that you mentioned um, uh, up at the top. What 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 do you think is going to be uh, the the star signing for this free agency period for the Broncos? 
Well, if it's yeah, if it's free agency, I think you're talking probably. Uh, I think the Bouye trade is the star move, but uh, it's in terms of other players that you'd sign in free agency. I think it's along the defensive line. Uh, if you get guys like Reader or Michael Pierce, I think that's the, I think that's the star signing. I don't know that quite Kowski moves the needles for fans or Mukamara moves the needle for fans, um, but I, I suspect that, uh, that that defensive line person is going to be the star signing. They really have an attitude where they want to buy the defense and build the offense right now, um, and, you know, which is kind of similar to what Elway did years back when you know they brought in Talib and Ware and you know and and. Uh, uh, Ward, uh, you know, and all those guys that they brought Darian in. Stewart. So kind of, there was, yeah, D. Stu, um, you know, not going on. There was a couple of them. Uh, they, they, they kind of bought the defense and, and tried to build the offense, you know, and I, I think that's the direction they want to go again. Get back to that. Um, and, 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 you know, once the uh, – we'll, we'll start drafting. Once we get the offense set, then we'll start drafting to replace the defense and go back and forth both sides of the ball. Awesome. Ben, really appreciate it. Uh, great stuff today, as always. Uh Check out Ben on uh, Broncos Country tonight, 850KOA uh, at Albright NFL, two L's in Albright. Make sure you get that correct. Uh, and again, thanks for jumping on with us. No, absolutely. Anytime. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.